0: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavins.
1: Okay, so maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but I'm a Notre Dame fan. So uh, I'm trying to not think about Brian Kelly bouncing. But hey, college football is college football. The crazy college football coaching carousel is especially nuts this year. Lincoln Riley going to USC, Kelly going to LSU, I would guess Fickle, maybe Matt Campbell going to Notre Dame. We'll see what happens. Where's Billy O'Brien going? Virginia oh, ho- Tech? hopefully far away from Notre Dame. No, Virginia <laughs> Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech added uh, the defensive coordinator uh, for yeah. Penn State, I believe, uh, is going to be the guy at uh, Va Tech. So uh, let's talk about the NFL, game, though, and then let's talk especially about the Patriots improving to eight and four after beating Tennessee on Sunday. I think the final score is not necessarily indicative of the play. We'll get to that. But overall, Greg, how important was this win? Aside from just the result, right? The win mm-hmm. eight, four jumping to the two seed on the field for this team. How important was this
0: win? We'll get into, you know, some of the specifics on each side of the ball, what the Titans were lacking, weren't lacking, stuff like that. But to me, Nick, being in the stadium for that game, uh, when I left the stadium, I thought it was an important victory because to me, It felt like a playoff atmosphere. Now, did Mike Vrabel have a full complement of receivers or linebackers and things like that to combat against the Patriots? No, but what you got was a typical Mike Vrabel, Ravens-type team that's really tough, that's fundamentally sound uh, for the most part, that's not going to give you an inch, that's going to make you earn it, and I thought that they did that for the, to the Patriots for almost three quarters of that game. And I thought it was a good toughness check for this team. I thought, you know, before going into Buffalo on Monday night, which is going to be a huge referendum, I think, on this team and their playoff seating and things like that, uh, I thought this was a really good toughness test for the Patriots. I mean, they had to make um, some key plays, especially on defense. There were certainly some issues, but uh, they made big plays. I thought the crowd, especially I would say you know, third late third quarter into the fourth quarter, was really into it. It felt like a playoff game. Vrabel tried to do Vrabel things in this to keep his team in the game, and if it wasn't for his kicker and some other things, they probably would have taken a lead at some point in the second half. It might have gone down to the wire. But I thought in general, I thought this was a really good sort of I don't know, sort of primer, trainer, training wheels for some of these new Patriots on this team for what it's going to be like in the postseason. So that they eventually distanced themselves from the Titans, I thought that was very nice. But overall, I thought it was was an important victory that they needed. That's sort of a toughness check for a lot of these guys. And I thought they all passed it with flying colors.
1: Yeah, I think it was a lesson that, you know, not everything is going to go your way. When things that you depend on, like the run game, And recently, the run defense, when those things start to fall apart and you don't have those go-tos, how do you react? And especially against a team that's very tough-minded, like you said. You know, Tennessee's physical. They're tough. Uh, They were without a number of guys, and I want to ask you about that quickly. You know, Tennessee being so undermanned on Sunday, how much of that is a part of this story, Greg?
0: I think it's pretty big, Nick. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from the victory. I'm I'm trying to be nice about it but look and this is the way I put it in my column coming away from the stadium ask yourself this Mike Vrabel and a lot of the Titans them sitting on the plane ride home back to Nashville and when they thought about this game and possibly seeing these guys from the uh, in the playoffs do you think they came away from this team feeling better about their chances or worse about their chances to me if I'm if I'm the Titans and I know I might get A.J. Brown back and Julio Jones and possibly Derrick Henry and, you know, David Long, their linebacker, and there's a, a Rashawn Evans, another linebacker of theirs. Uh, I don't think, though, uh, Bud Dupree will be back this year. But anyways, if you're sitting there and you're thinking about if we meet these guys again in the postseason, how do we feel off of this game? Uh, to me, clearly, I think the Titans feel if we get another shot at these guys with some of our guys, we feel really good about where it's played. Nashville, New England, we don't care. We don't care the weather. We feel good about what we can do because we didn't even play that well in that game. Two practice squad running backs fumbling to, you know, Tanny Hill's play was nice. in, in you know, some of the plays they had on defense, the Kendrick Bourne touchdown, for example. Uh we get another shot at these guys. We feel really good about where, where they are. So that's how I would answer that. I
1: agree with you. I mean, I was watching the game and I tweeted this at some point during the game. You know, I, I kind of shudder to think about what this defense would look like if Tennessee was healthy. You know, if you have AJ Brown out there, if you have Derek Henry, now I'm less concerned about AJ Brown, frankly, because I think you can defend Tannehill, but without Derek Henry, Tennessee absolutely looks at this and says, oh, well, we ran that well against that run defense, which we'll get into a little bit later and dive deeper into it. But I think overall, when you look at this loss for Tennessee, they say, yeah, I mean, we were undermanned. We were on the road and, you know, we were nip and tuck with those guys for two and a half quarters. Like you got to feel at least pretty good about that. If you get healthy, it's a huge if, of course, especially with Derrick Henry. But I agree with you as far as how Tennessee likely feels after that game. Uh, let's talk about Mac Jones. What do you think of his performance?
0: Yeah, you know, coming out of the press box, and, and I actually had him as a, a down in this game. Um, I got a pretty strong reaction. But a viewing of the coach's film reinforced what I thought coming out of the press box. I thought that Mac Jones, I don't think he was bad in this game. And that I put him as a down, and, and I haven't quite decided whether to put him as a down in this game or not. Uh, he's borderline. Um, look, the quarterback position gets a lot more responsibility. It just, it's the you know, they get celebrated more, they get criticized more. And I don't really care what his stats are at the end of the day. I thought that a lot of his yardage uh, was fluffed. Um, PFF has it as 53% came after the catch. Some of, it, some of that has to do with Mac Jones putting it in a nice spot. But for me, going back and watching it, and I just grade the film, okay? This is what the film tells me. It's what the film has told me for 10 years. It's no difference than the way I graded him last week when I thought he had one of his better games and this week. And I don't look at the stats. I don't look at the score. I look at each individual play, and I say on that play, could each player have – did they do their job or did they not do their job? And in this game, I had Mac for four positive uh, plus plays, which is above average plays, uh, including the Kendrick board touchdown, which was spectacular. I had him for twelve minus plays in this game. And to me, it was the lowest rated game that I had for Mac Jones. I pro Football Focus had a similar grade. i I concur with what they had. They had him as as his lowest rated game of the season. And am I, am I concerned about anything? No, I didn't think anything was, there was nothing major that he did wrong in this game. Yes. He had three turnover worthy plays, which for him, I think he probably had about 10 or 12 coming into this game. I had him for three in this game. Uh, That's a little bit concerning. Will there be questions about him in the cold weather? Yes, but I have no evidence to suggest that his performance on Sunday was cold weather related. I, I, I'm neutral on that I I don't I can't tell you either way whether he can do it or not because this didn't this could have just been a coincidence um we'll see in Monday night in Buffalo because the weather will surely be difficult there we'll see how he does against a better defense um so look I did not think Mac Jones was great in this game um that is not a take this is a fact-based analysis I challenge anybody to come up with four uh Plus plays for him outside of the ones that I have. I trust me, I strain to get the four and I look for him. I do not like coming on after a 23-point victory and criticizing the quarterback who completes about 80% of his passes. I understand where people coming from. I understand that they think I look like an idiot. <laughs> That's I, I get it. Um if I was a fan, I probably would too. But just trust me on this. I've been doing this for many years. I'm not saying I'm right, even though. I checked with some people and let's just say my grading is not far off from actuality. And, um, you know, it is sort of is what it is, but I'm not overly concerned. There was nothing in this game where I was like, Oh, well, Mac's not doing this. He was a little bit high on some stuff. And Nick probably the biggest, and I didn't realize this until I went back and watched the film. Probably the biggest issue that I had in this game with him was right before halftime, that final drive. Yep. Uh, where they end up, Nick Folk misses the field goal. I didn't realize it in, in the moment till I watched it on film. He throws a high pass to Nelson Aguilar along the sidelines that he has to stop and jump for, which causes him to be caught, uh, uh, tackled inbounds. Patriots have to use their final timeout there, where an accurate throw, Nelson just catches it and takes two steps out of bounds. They're fine. Then, the ultimate, the final play, sprint right. Jacoby Myers is wide open like forever on the play, and Mac Jones throws it entirely too late. Jacoby Myers goes out of bounds, and it causes them, basically Mac Jones himself cost them three points on that drive. So, uh, look, he wasn't great in this game. I don't care what his stats say. Uh, I think he needs to be better in this type of game down the stretch if this team is a contender, which everyone thinks they are. I think they are. And uh, he's no longer a rookie. So, yeah, I grade him just like anybody else.
1: Yeah, I don't think I could disagree much with the overall thought about how he played. I didn't think he was great. Uh, you know, he also cost me a good amount of money by missing Hunter Henry on that touchdown. That's uh, besides the point, a little selfish out of me, but I would have hit two bets on that one throw. Uh, thanks, Mac. Uh, but when when you look at the game, I, I tend to agree with most of what you said. And I'm not surprised. Like I I'm not so. We talked about this last week for a couple of minutes. I know you did the you know full more in depth look at it with Greg Cosell later on in the week. But when you and I discussed it, I talked about Tennessee's defense, and I know they were missing guys, but still, even without guys that they would love to depend on, this defense is still tough. So I looked at the Tennessee defense. I looked at Mike Vrabel, how he's familiar with what the Patriots try to do. He knows what they're trying to do with Mac Jones. And they were able, Tennessee was able to take away the New England run game. Like, so I'm not too surprised that Mac did not have a very good game when you look at the film. All of those things, you know, combined to me results in a tough day for a young quarterback. So I wasn't surprised that he wasn't as good as he's been this year because of the defense, because of Rabel, and because the Patriots just could not, consistently run the football uh, in this game so those were all issues none of them shocked me Uh, I was just frankly happy with the win I mean that first half was not great and you Mm -hmm. were going into the second half going man they're allowing Tennessee to hang around as we mentioned undermanned they're running the football on them Patriots can't run uh, this is you know this might be nip and tuck the entire way and if you lose this game looking back it could be a crusher you know it's a home game it's against a team that has a number of injuries, as we've mentioned I was concerned at halftime I said they they got to kick it into gear and you know fortunately they made enough plays they created enough takeaways to end up winning comfortably but I don't think anybody walks away from this game well I'm sure some do I don't think. <laughs> I don't think many should walk away from this game going, oh, yeah, that was a throttling. That was, you know, as I said, right. to, as I said to start the podcast, I don't think the final score was necessarily indicative of the play. And, and like, they made enough plays. But Mac wasn't great. Their run game was non-existent. And they could not stop the run against two practice squad running backs when Tennessee had no wide receivers to speak of. So, I, I mean, when you look at it with context, I don't think you walk away feeling like, oh, yeah, they got it all figured out. And I think the national media will talk like that. And I saw some of it yesterday because they don't watch the damn games. They just Mm -hmm. see the final score. They look at the stat sheet, some of them, not all of them, but some of them. Watch a guy like Dan Orlovsky, he actually watches the film. But I I think you walk away and you say, all right, well, yeah, it, it was a good win. It was a tough win it was not necessarily, oh, we just cruised on by and everything went great, which I do think actually in the long run
0: will help this team. Yeah, uh, talk- real quick, I just wanted to say, you know, like you talked about it during the game and in the moment, like, you know, for about, you know, first half, first half and like halfway through the third quarter, like people were all over my Twitter feed saying like, what's wrong with Mac? Why is he throwing the ball high? Is this a cold weather thing? Does he need to use a glove? And then all of a sudden, you know, they tack on a late touchdown. Ryan Tannehill does Ryan Tannehill things throwing. We talked about it coming into this game. He's throwing an interception in every single game he's played in Gillette. And he did it again on fourth down. I mean, great play by the Patriots defense. But, you know, that what happened late does not wash away what happened earlier. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the run defense getting gashed like it did. If we talk about – we, you and I have talked about it for a long time about – You know, and I'll come on here and I'll be all glee, just like in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs-Bucks-Super Chiefs, Bowl. Why did the the Chiefs lose the Super Bowl? Their offensive line stunk. We we talk about it. Come the big playoff games, how do you do up front winning the battle in the trenches? And can you control the line of scrimmage? The Patriots couldn't stop the run, and they couldn't run the ball at all. You know, which had a trickle-down effect on Mac Jones. You're absolutely right. Uh, They did pass block pretty well. There wasn't much pressure. But – you know, you you're right to say if if you're a realist, if you're a realist Patriots fan, you just just take the win and move on and don't you know look for any accolades from it because if if the Titans had any semblance of of a team, they would have taken the lead at some point in the third quarter and they gave you all you could handle until they ran out of steam. But uh, yeah, I think you I think you make completely valid points.
1: I will say this before we move on to three things we feel good about and not so good about. Here's the good thing, the good news for Patriots fans. I don't know if there's any other team in the AFC that could do what Tennessee did against this Patriots run game. Mm -hmm. And I also think the Tennessee run game is very difficult for the Patriots. When you look at the rest of the AFC, Buffalo has not run the football well. They have not stopped the run well, especially against good running teams. Kansas City, Andy Reid does not commit to the run. I think they can run the football better than people think. They just don't call for it enough. They're in love with Patrick Mahomes. I get it. Andy Reid doesn't commit to the run. Kansas City, I'll believe it when I see it, if, if they can slow down this Patriots run game. And you look at, you know, the other teams, right? I mean, who's afraid of any of these other teams? Vegas is all over the place. Jekyll and Hyde Act. You look at Pittsburgh. They can't get out of their own way defensively. Cincinnati has had a bunch of you know, ebbs and flows this season. Joe Burrow I-, I like, but he turns the football over a lot. And so Joe Mixon is an issue, but I, I think you can score on that defense against Cincinnati. I mean, you look up and down. I- I'm not shaking in my sneakers about the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're a good team. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor obviously is going to be an issue, and that concerns me down the road. Patriots might give up 250 against Taylor. But I think if you can kind of sell out against the run and force Wentz into some mistakes, I think as we've talked about, Greg, going back a few weeks ago, it's rather obvious the AFC is wide open. So when you have a chance to win a game like you won on Sunday, like you said, you take it, you run with it. And then you look into the future and you say, well, you know, we can if you're the Patriots, we can beat any team. But if you're going to be realistic, you could also lose. Too many teams in the playoffs Mm -hmm. if you don't play your best. So that's just the kind of season it's going to be. And we've got to get used to that idea. And the NFL as a whole, I mean, even in the NFC, that the top tier I think is better than the AFC for sure. But you're seeing teams like, you know, Washington last night, Philadelphia kind of hanging around. All of a sudden San Francisco's got it going. They win three in a row when everybody thought they were dead. It's a weird season. So just hang on tight go game by game and like greg and i said last week this four game stretch with tennessee buffalo twice and indy if you look back and you finish two and two during that stretch take your nine and six jacksonville miami hopefully you finish 11 and six that's the point all right
0: three things we feel good about go ahead greg uh the receivers for me number one i thought um I thought they were tremendous in this game. Uh, you can lump Hunter Henry in there, even Jonu Smith did a little bit more. Uh even though I did put him on I'm still uh, on my on my worry list uh because he still looks like he's it looks like somebody's throwing him a baby when he's catching some of these <laughs> balls. Like he's got he like stops his feet and like, he's like <laughs> or he's like one of those Pike's Place Market guys like getting a Uh, a trout or whatever the hell they toss there uh, in Seattle down. Like he's just got to like stop and like make sure he catches it. Yeah. Um, But I thought, I thought the receivers made Mac Jones look a lot better than he was. Um, Even, you know, Jacoby Myers. um, I didn't give him as a drop, but uh, Mac Jones threw that high pass and basically got Myers belted. And he still almost came up with it. Myers came up with that one, that ridiculous catch that was really underthrown. Uh, to Jacoby Myers, where Kevin Byard basically overran it. He he actually made a very smart play. He Talked about it after the game, where he said that he undercut it because he he saw Myers stopping and he didn't want to get defensive pass interference. So he caught underneath him, hoping to get a piece of the ball. And it was basically the ball was so severely underthrown for Mac Jones that uh, that it it basically took Byard out of the play. But Jacoby Myers made a ridiculous catch there. Um, so I feel really, number one, I feel really good about the receivers. Um, number two, I feel really good about the Patriots forcing more fumbles. You and I talked about this, especially earlier on in the season where NFL coaches sort of look at forced fumbles as a speed indicator for your defense. And I think that they have picked that, that they picked that up tells me they're playing a lot faster. And you'll notice a lot of the guys that are doing it outside of Tavon Godchow uh, you know, the Kyle Duggars and people like that. And JC Jackson, they're some of your fastest guys. And so I think they're, uh, they're getting to the ball with, uh, with more violence and more impact. And my final, uh, thing that I feel good about, uh, the interior offensive line, I thought, look, it doesn't show it in the run. This is another thing where, well, look at the statue moron. They didn't run the ball. very well. How could it have been? Um, I thought, I thought the interior offensive line, the three guys in there were spectacular. I thought they did a, did a great job against Jeffrey Simmons, which we've come to expect from there. If there's one really good guy up front, they're going to take care of him. Simmons made some ridiculous plays down the field and towards the sideline coming from his defensive tackle position. that probably saved some touchdowns and some first downs for the Patriots, but uh, I thought the guys inside were great. Um, the running game, I thought, I thought it was more of an edge issue, and um, we'll get into this a little bit more. But I, I thought that, I didn't think Trent Brown. A lot of their issues on the offensive line were surprisingly to me coming into this. I had no idea this was going to be the case. Was Trent Brown centric, and I don't know what to make of that, uh, if anything. Hmm.
1: Well, he's got to get better. That's what I make of it. If he's if he's that bad, if you're telling me, and again, I'm not breaking play-by-play-by-play by play by play down with you know, offensive linemen, so I'll take your word for it. If he struggled that much, he, he's got to get going a little bit. I'll just say a couple of quick things. You mentioned John O. Smith. It was nice to see him involved with the offense as much as he was. And I know it wasn't a ton, but honestly, when you compare it to prior games, I would like to see him involved in the mix more as we move forward because I still think he's a weapon. If he catches the football – I think he's dangerous with the football in his hands. Uh, he can make plays, and so I, I want him involved more. It was nice mm-hmm. to see him involved a little bit more. Kendrick Bourne is now becoming a stud. I mean, oh, yeah. his his progression from the beginning of the year when you're like, ah, you know, he's he's not really looking like he knows necessarily what he's supposed to be doing at all times out there, and his progression over the last few weeks. He is becoming to me, he's the number one receiver on this team by the end of the year. I think he's going to surpass Jacoby Myers. I think he's, you know, and this is no shot at Jacoby. Kendrick is just more electric, more dynamic than Jacoby is. Jacoby's good. He's steady. He's consistent. He can catch the football, all those good things. Made a great block by just getting in the way on Bourne's second touchdown on Sunday. Uh, no, you know, no disparaging comments towards Myers. It's just, I, I think Bourne has a little bit more explosiveness to his game. And he has certainly surpassed Nelson Aguilar, who knows, you know, what's going to happen with his contract after this season is over. So I, I, Kendrick Bourne is becoming a, a legitimate weapon for this offense. And uh, you know, aside from ball security, which you brought up, which has been gigantic since the first month of the season, let's give some love to Nick Folk. I, I know he missed a 50-yard field goal, but this guy, if it's 50 and under, you you just feel pretty good about it. He's been so damn steady, and I was concerned when they first brought him in i was concerned somewhat when they kept him this year and all he keeps doing as belichick would say he keeps doing his job it's all he keeps doing yep. and i think folk has been a highlight i know it's special teams nobody gets excited over a kicker uh but you know i think nick folk's been really good for the most part all right uh, three things that we feel worse
0: about go ahead greg Obviously, the run defense. I yeah. mean, look, uh, yeah. I think yeah. I, I have a lot I have a lot of respect for the Titans' offensive line. Um, you know, for the most part, I have some issues with Taylor Luan and, and also the right tackle a bit. But I think the interior is pretty good. They had a backup at guard, but he was really good in this game. But, look, it's Ryan Tannehill, who you know likes to run a little bit. He doesn't run as much anymore. He's actually getting up there in age, and he has a lot of wear and tear on him. But, you know – he's operating with receivers you've never heard of and you would think the Patriots would be totally comfortable with, all right, fine, try to beat us over the top or, or what have you in the, in the passing game, but we're going to take the run away from you. Because if, if that offense can't run the ball, they ain't going anywhere and they basically yep. did what they wanted. You even take out the long touchdown run and they still over averaged over five yards of carry. And so I thought, I thought that was a bit concerning in this game. Not a huge concern. It borders a huge concern um, that will they do this as, against a good running team. I just hope that, you know, playing this forward a little bit, um, do not let Buffalo be one uh, two-dimensional next week. They cannot let them – and they're trying to run the ball harder, as Greg Cosell and I talked about um, last week. And the Patriots cannot allow that to happen because if you're – if you're trying to plug the run and defend Josh Allen, good luck.
1: Yeah, the run defense was not good. And as I, I mentioned a few minutes ago, it concerns you with the Jonathan Taylor matchup in a couple weeks because He's just been so damn good. Uh, you hope that because you have the buy in the middle, you can maybe figure some things out if you struggle against Buffalo again on Monday night. So the Jonathan Taylor matchup will concern you. Uh, and of course, you know, Baltimore. But I don't lump Baltimore with everybody else because no. they're just so they're so different. It's not, you know, yeah. and, and I think you can figure out the Baltimore offense versus, you know, just a team that can get on that second level and smash it downhill and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think Indy is the tough matchup, right? I'm not I'm, the rest of the year. I'm not worried about Miami's run game. I'm not worried about Jacksonville's run game. I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about Buffalo's run game unless, you know, Matt Breeder kills you. Uh, so I'm not necessarily concerned about those matchups. Jonathan Taylor does concern me. And, you know, the run defense, as you mentioned, it just got to be better. Like I was talking to a buddy before the game at the bar, and he asked me my thoughts on the game because he was trying to figure out whether or not to bet the minus seven and a half. I said, well, my concern is like I, I, the Patriots are going to win this game. I, I, I was very confident the Patriots mm-hmm. would win this game. But I said, I think it's going to be low scoring. And a low scoring game like that, like it's really tough to lay seven and a half. And part of my reasoning about the low-scoring game was, as we talked about earlier, I did not think the Patriots were going to be able to run the football consistently. I thought Mac Jones would have a tough time with that defense and with Vrabel, the familiarity. And the other part of it was, I said to my buddy, I just, I I don't see how Tennessee moves the ball. The Patriots are going to stop the run. It's going to be up to Tannehill. Part of my same-game parlay was Tannehill under 205 passing yards, which... I nailed, I said, I I just don't see them moving the ball. And it was very frustrating to see a team that you knew was one dimensional going in, be able to thrive in that one dimension, even though the Patriots didn't give up points, you know, in the second half and all that. I, I understand that. But you had the fumble, which definitely helped them. Their run defense needs to be better. It's as simple as that, especially in that matchup when you know it's a one note offense going in. I thought it was inexcusable the way they defended the run on Sunday. Uh, how about your your second thing you feel worst yeah. about?
0: Yeah, uh, just real quick, my my um, my second sort of things that I'm worried about. They're on my list that I'm watching that I, I want to see improvement, and hopefully it was just a one game blip. Um, it's Trent Brown, and actually I hope it's it's a couple games now. So that's why I'm starting. I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about Trent Brown. I didn't think he was great against the Falcons either. Um, uh, this, to me, was his worst game of the season by far. I hope this isn't a sort of indication that he's starting to have some health issues. Again, that maybe he's getting tired, even though you know they were coming off a 10-day break, so why would he be tired? Uh, I, I just don't know. And maybe it was just a bad day at the office for him, um, similar to Mac Jones. I don't know. I'm not making any grand conclusions. I'm just telling you that... Um, you know, a little bit concerned with that, and um, and my final thing that I'm sort of, you know, watching a little bit, um, and, and I'll just we talked about the run defense, but I just wanted to point out like Carl Davis on the interior. Normally, he's been one of their best run stuffers. He kind of got worked by Ben Jones, uh, who's a very good safety for the Titans, uh, center for the Titans, and so uh, that was a tough matchup, and so. I'd like to see him as the games get bigger. They're going to need him to win more of those battles against top centers in this league because I don't think he's going to go up against a lot of slappies in the in the postseason.
1: Not freaking out yet, but you know if if New England can't run the ball 150 yards, what's this offense look like? Again, we talked about Mac enough, but it, this offense without the run game thriving or you know just mutilating a defense. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. You know, as as more pressure is on Mac, more is asked of Mac. If you can't get to the run with Stevenson and Harris, then you know, what's your go to? How do you move the ball? Can you get it done? Just to keep an eye on it. Again, not freaking
0: out about it, but just to keep an eye mm-hmm. on. It. Uh, three up quickly. What do you got? So in my first spot, I have um, I couldn't separate them, but um, Myers and Born. Together, you know, like you pointed out about KB, I thought that I thought Jacoby Myers also had a had a very good day. He was able to get open against zone coverage. I think that you know that would also be a thing I feel good about is the Patriots' wide receivers and Josh McDaniels dialing dialing up plays against uh, a primarily zone defense. I still have questions about man to man. If anybody does play man to man anymore, I don't even know. Um, But I thought Myers and Bourne were great down the stretch. I thought defensively. Um, you know, I hard not to give it to JC Jackson. I mean, with the interception off of a tip from Devin McCourty, he had, uh, the huge strip. Uh, those are two huge game changing plays that just by himself, um, you know, could have, could have really, <laughs> the game could have looked a lot different, uh, without those. And I'll just give it, you know, the three interior guys, I'll group them together. I didn't have, I had cares for a half a sack with Trent Brown. Other than that, I didn't have any minus plays for those guys on the interior, and that, like, never happens. So, uh, let's see. Three down. I had Trent Brown, number one. Uh, we talked about. I had Carl, number two. And, yes, I'm sorry, I do put – I'm keeping Mac Jones in the down. I thought um, in terms of, you know, plays he'd like to have back, he was one of the le- leaders on the team. Look, it's, hard. it's It's harsh if he played uh beaver or something, I probably would notice, but it's the quarterback position. What's Tom Brady always say? Uh, you know, quarterbacks get praised the most, the most. So uh, part of the deal, I do view him as, as a rookie. I don't grade on a rookie scale. If anybody comes and tells me, boy, he's the best rookie in the league, I think I'm going to shoot myself in the head. We all knew Mac Jones was going to be in the, the best position as a rookie quarterback and a lot of those other guys were going to crap teams crap coaches and crap situations and mac jones if he mac jones and took all he was going to be the best rookie year he has been good for him as we've seen with mac kid always bounces back
1: the uh, boston sports journal.com member question of the day check him out at bsj 39.99 on their annual plan yet top-notch analysis of all the boston pro sports about Jake DeBrusque asking for a trade? They should have traded him in the offseason. And then you also get a a membership with BSJ. You get all the great analysis from Greg Bedard. He does on the coaches' film, direct access to him, and weekly chats as well. Uh, Greg, what is the uh, question of the day?
0: So it's not really a question. It's more me just sort of answering the members. Let's just say the members were not happy with my Mac analysis. And uh, I just wanted – there's a couple – Things I just wanted to get off my chest, and and trust me, uh, I could go uh, similar to other paid outlets. I could go full Homer, and, and I think I have earned, earned. I should have earned the respect that I at least am going to give you my opinion. It's going to be straight, and it's not going to be. T- and the other means people when people say, "Well, you become you're, you're becoming increasingly negative." Look, you can't have it both ways when the patriots were 2 and 4 and were pe- when people were criticizing mac jones i stayed the course on the patriots i said i have not altered my prediction on the season which was 11 and 6 i have not changed course i pushed back against a lot of mac jones criticism saying that look it was very early for him and other reasons like he wasn't getting pass protection his receivers didn't know what he was doing so you can't have it both ways like you can't like me defending mac jones Early on, and the Patriots early on in the season, and then when things are going well for them, still being honest with you about where they are. I just think that look, I love you guys, I respect you, I am eternally thankful for you guys. Uh, me and my family are, but you know, don't don't push back on criticism. If you want to, if you have criticism, at BSJ, we deal in facts. All right. I will print on BSJ all my plus plays, all my minus plays. I challenge our members to go on there, into the comments, and give me other plays where Max stood out. That was He was above average on the plays. I'm happy to take a look at them. I'm happy to add them to the list, but I think if you really go back and watch the game, you will see this was a fact-based, film-based analysis, and that's what I, I have done every day for about 10 years since we've had access to the film. So, appreciate you guys. Just, if you're going to criticize me, just you know, stay, stay in reality. Just just the Felger stuff, the, the, the saying that I'm becoming negative. I'm not, I, I, I think I'm pretty consistent and I think I've earned that over the years.
1: Well, there you go. I'm glad uh, we provided you the chance to kind of get that off your chest. Uh, We got a a big game coming up Monday nights at Buffalo. We'll be back later on this week to take a look at that matchup, our thoughts, who we think is going to win, et cetera, et cetera. It is a big game. I don't think it's as big as some people are making it to be, though, because, of course, you then play them in New England. So, I mean, if you split, you split. You, you still survive. I, I think if the Patriots lose on Monday night, people are going to lose their minds for no reason. Uh, but it is it is a nice little litmus test. On the road, the weather will probably not be great because it's Buffalo. Mac, as Greg mentioned, coming off of, you know, his worst game of the season looking at the film. That's how Greg feels. I don't think he was very good. How does he respond? He has shown us in the past that he always responds. Will that be the case again on Monday night? We'll see. It's a big matchup. It's a fun matchup. We'll talk about it a little bit later in the week. He's Greg. I'm Nick. Till then, be good.